This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. And now, from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is the CMO Spotlight. With insight from top executives on how to address the key challenges facing the business world and the marketing industry. Here are your hosts, Catherine Hayes and Jenny Rooney. Hey, welcome to the CMO Spotlight. I'm Catherine Hayes. Uh, as you just heard, the CMO Spotlight airs on the last Friday of every month at 9 a.m. Eastern, and it replays all during the following week, and you can also find podcasts on it on any of your favorite podcast subscription services. And what we really love to do is to get into the minds of our chief marketing officers from some really incredible companies. We'll talk about their backstories. We like to talk about hot topics that are going on and get their quick thoughts on that, all the really interesting stories that you're hearing about. And really also just try to get them to really break it down so that um, there's insights and advice from these top executives on how they're taking a hold of all these changes in the marketing place, in the marketing space these days, which is a lot. Um, so I'm Catherine Hayes. I'm the co-author of Beyond Advertising, Creating Value Through All Customer Touch Points, written while I was co-director with uh, Professor Jerry Wind of the Wharton Future of Advertising program for about 10 years. And with me uh, today, actually not in the studio, but with me as my wonderful co-host for the show is Jenny Rooney. Hi, Jenny. Hey, Catherine. How are you? Great. Jenny is the editor of the Forbes CMO Network. Jenny, just a little bit about it. Sure, thanks. Yeah, the CMO Network uh, is a content channel at Forbes, and um, we also have sort of a live events practice as well. Um, The goal is to obviously just bring um, sort of um, top-line content to our CMO community and keep them as uh, in the know as possible, and we do a lot of features with CMOs and video interviews and things like that. So it's just our our way to kind of keep – keep news and analysis front and center in front of that very uh, interesting key audience for us. Fantastic. And uh, and that's what you do so wonderfully is tapping into that uh, amazing network to bring us some great guests. And I know today you've brought us and we'll be speaking with Jean-Marc Payol. He's the chief marketing officer for Allianz. And, um, and we also have with us Chris Hummel. He's the sales vice president and chief marketing officer of United Rentals. So we've got on the on the. Uh, business side as well as the B2B as well as the B2C, business to business and and business to consumer and in between. So we're excited to have them both on the show. And with that, let's go ahead and and get started. I'd like to first welcome Jean-Marc Payol. He's the Chief Marketing Officer for Allianz. Welcome to the show, Jean-Marc. Thank you. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Katrin. Hi. Hi, Hi, Jean-Marc. So to start us off, could you just give us a little bit about sort of the elevator pitch about your company and the breadth of what it does? Uh, so Allianz is uh, an insurance company. Everybody, I hope everybody know that. Uh, and we are, by the way, the, the largest insurer, global insurer in the world. Uh, we have 250 million clients, direct and indirect, which means B2C, B2B, and B2B2C. We are we are present in 60, more than 67 countries. Uh, we have 150,000 employees, and we work with 500,000 intermediaries. Uh, I think it's not bad as an introduction, and we do uh, and we do um, 120 million business and uh, a bit more than 11 billion profit. 
One uh, wonderful indicator that I saw, and we can maybe talk a little bit about it later as we get into more of the marketing topic, but um, you're also the lead insurer on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. That's pretty impressive. Yes. So I want to yes. definitely talk about that. But before we do and talk a little bit more about Allianz, let's talk about you. Let's, let's get into your background. We love hearing about marketers' journeys and how they get to this CMO role. So can you tell us um, your career journey? Yeah, it's a long journey. I'm 58, so I have to summarize it. Um, I started uh, in the bank sector and I spent 16 years, 16 years of my life in the bank sector, mainly in France. Um, oh, that's a French accent. I was yeah, thinking it was French Michigan. Accent. Okay. It's difficult for me to <laughs> not not to not to be seen as a French guy. Um, and before before that, what is quite interesting, I, I started in some in a, in a specific sector. You probably don't know. It was uh, the Minitel in France. The name is Minitel. Mm -hmm. It was in fact the the origin the 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 prehistory of uh, internet. Uh, as frequent, uh, frequently in France, we have great ideas. We start we start uh, new business sectors, but it's sometimes difficult for us to go from the engineer part to the business part. Uh, the American people are much more much more <laughs> efficient to do that. I actually but, remember uh, it from my days when I was at AT and T and working in France. That? Yep. So very. Yeah. So that's... you remember it was the origin, and in fact, yeah. I, I created at this moment in 1984 the first start. Startup in the, what we call with what we will call now a, a startup in the Minitel business in France. So we were the first wow. company who launched the first services online on the Minitel uh, on the Minitel uh, ecosystem. So it was my my first experience, and after that I entered the, in the bank in the bank sector. I was head of market management of one of the the, the French biggest bank. I was in charge of a region uh, during some years, uh, and after that I became head of development for the group. And in uh, after six, something like 16 years with the Bank Popular Group, I started uh, to create the Bank Postal, which was uh, the Postal Bank, uh, which was, by the way, I think again one of the, the first one in the world, based on the, on the postal office, and it was it became the the, the the biggest retail bank in France with more than 12 million clients, which wow. is enormous in France uh, compared to the size of the country. Uh, four years doing that, uh, one year and a half to do some uh, consulting in a in a strategic consulting firm as a partner, and I was hired by Allianz to transform AGF in Allianz uh, with a new CEO, and I was in charge of distribution uh, and all the business side uh, of the wow. company, uh, six years. And uh, when the new CEO of Allianz, Oliver Bett, arrived uh, three years ago, a bit more than three years ago, he asked me to, to join him in, uh, in the headquarters in Munich, so now I'm a, French, a Frenchman living in Munich uh, <laughs> to lead marketing, <laughs> marketing, communication, uh, distribution, and uh, since two years, innovation. So, so it's, a bit, it's a bit broader. Than so I was going to say, so you, you're, you're a busy guy. How would you characterize your, you know, the biggest, um, your biggest mandate and really what the biggest brand challenge is right now or marketing challenge and sort of how you're guiding that um, shift? I think that the, the, the branding 
challenges are, are really linked to the to the business challenges. Uh, we have understood since some years now that if we want to change the culture of the group, if we want to move uh, from a product-oriented company to a, a customer-centric company, we have to start to work on the on the, on the, the group, on the, 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 the company brand, on the Alliance brand, uh, and it's exactly what we, we, we have started to do three years ago. We have changed completely the brand strategy, completely the partnership strategy, and it took us to this innovation uh, house, uh, I, will, I will call it like that, where we, we, we now start to work on the new business model we can launch, the new product, a new solution we have to, to, to implement and to create to be able to prepare the next steps for the next generation digital naturals and digital natives. So it's completely innovation oriented. So you've you've re-engineered the company, which is why I was so interested that you came from the business side to marketing. That's not yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, yeah. obviously, that previous experience must be informing what you're doing now. Yes, in the world, you connect those dots for us. Yeah, and also the fa the fact that I, I'm French because you know when when you want to do a, a revolution, uh, <laughs> it's better to be French. So I think it's my French origin which is important. We, we as well. do revolutions, okay. <laughs> so in, in, to summarize it, what we have to do is to to optimize the current business model, and we are quite good to do that. Uh, I just refer to the to the to the profit we do since years now. Uh, so we are quite good to do our current business. We have to transform it to be to make it more digital. Uh, so it's it's trans transform issue. We have to be more lean, more fast, more simple, more user-friendly, more transparent with the clients, and we invest a lot on that since years. And at the same time, we have also to reinvent somewhere the, 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 our current business model to prepare the, 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 the next future, because the world will be completely different in the next 10 to 15 mm -hmm. years. And as an insurer, uh, you know that uh, every, frequently the people think that an insurer is, is built and set up to sell insurance products, which is not the case. Of course, we sell products. But the product is mainly oriented to cover the risk of the people mm -hmm. and to allow the people who take risk, who dare to do things, to be accompanied by an insurance company to decrease the level of stress and being more efficient when they go to the market. So it's this part uh, I have, I have an, an under, under my responsibility, which is really what we call reinvention more than revolution. I, I love the fact, I mean, it seems like the, the, the perfect example of um, not, you know, the opposite of marketing being the lipstick on the pig or something where it's just sort of the the afterthought and then you've got everything else and then oh you just spin it this is essentially what the whole corporation is about and how it's been reinvented with marketing as a as an essential aspect of that how do you I, even define go ahead Jenny. yeah i mean i guess to Catherine's point jean mark i mean how do you i think you it's such a big undertaking and i would love it if you could kind of peel it back for us a little bit and bring us back to like when you first where where's the point of origin i mean how do you begin to sort of approach this especially when you're new in a cmo role and you're coming into an organization and understand that we've got listeners who are at big you know big multinational companies listening you know and have reached the highest level of marketing um, leadership in any given company and then we've got obviously folks who aspire to that role so you know Share your perspective on sort of how you kind of break it down and where do you, where do you begin, especially to bring along the rest of the company and certainly the, all the employees so that everybody's on board with the change that you're seeking to implement. So I'm, I'm quite humble when I'm talking about the, the, the change. And it takes a lot of time to, ch to change the culture and to come from a product-oriented company to a customer-centric uh, company and culture. Uh, we are 
on the way. We are in the, journey, in the journey and we work a lot to change that. We have started a bit more than three years ago. And so I'm really humble about that. But I think that we have done uh, quite uh, uh, pro some progress during the, during the last three years. So to, to go back to, the, to, to, the, to your question, in fact, if you want to be customer-centric, you have to start by understanding what is the market, uh, what, 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 what are your client needs, what are your client behaviors, and what are the, the market needs and behaviors, and especially when you are, uh, like we are a global company, you have to understand that not just in two or three major companies, but everywhere in the world, and especially in Asia, in Africa, in some emerging, what we call emerging companies, they are not anymore emerging companies, they are much more than that. So first, first of all, we started with that, and we started to, to we tried to understand what were the, the, the biggest, the strongest uh, trend, mega trend we had on the market. And it, start with the, it started with that, and in, in fact, it was very simple. We, 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 we have considered we are facing three big type of, three big segments uh, of population based on the age. And we have done a lot of surveys on that, and we have done even some scientific surveys on that. When I'm talking about scientific, it means biological uh, uh, right, surveys right. and studies. And what we have seen is that you have two, for, we consider that we have two layers, two big layers, above 30 years old and below 18 years old, and in between, of course, 18 and, and, and 30. Above 30 years old, we are facing two big segments. One, one is when we call it the traditional, traditional clients or traditional segments. There are people which are, which are, who are fine with our current value proposition. They want to, to insure their car. They want to insure their home. They want to insure their life. They want to insure their health. Uh, and the, it's the same with, with the company because these people are leading companies, by the way. So on the, on the other segment, and, and for these guys, we optimize what we do, make it more efficient, more, more simple, more productive. And we do a lot of profit with that, with, uh, with this segment, and we do a lot of profit with this traditional business model. On the other side, we have what we call digital converted and digital natural, the people who have already digital behaviors. And it's more than using a digital tool. It's really thinking in a different way and trying to, to and, and wishing uh, uh, to have a very simple, fast, transparent, user-friendly, and, and, and simple value proposition coming from the insurer. They still have the same needs. They still have cars. They still have homes. They still wonder about the, their, their, their future life, their retirement, and so on. But they, they want a different proposal. They want to have this proposal made with these with this digital values. So this is a transformation part. And last but not least, we have the people below 18. And we, we call these people mutants. Yeah, I have five children. I have three children, <laughs> three children below 18 and two children above uh, 18. Uh, and I, I, I experienced that in my day-to-day -to life. My, my children below 18 years old are thinking the world in a different way. They conceptualize the world, the world in a different way. They have completely different needs, completely different behaviors, and there are some scientific reasons for that. So it, I've, we have not enough time to enter into, into detail, but there are really scientific, scientific reasons for that. Mm. And because of that, we know that all the people uh, were, were born after the, 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 2000, the, the year 2000 will have a completely different behavior and completely different needs. And because we have an insurer, we are obliged to understand what will be these needs, what will be these behaviors, because based on that, we'll have to find new solutions and new way to do our business and new way to be, to, to, to be profitable for the future. And I will just give you one example which summarizes that. When we, talk about, when we talk about traditional people, we, we, we talk about car insurance. 
And I take a very simple product, car insurance. We have to insure the car, and we have to insure, to insure it in the best way with the best price. It's done. We know how to do it again, and we, do, we are really efficient on that. On the other side, we have this digital converted, above 30 years old, and digital natural between 30 and 18. And these guys, they want to have a different approach. They want to have a, a driver insurance. They don't want to be treated like the other. It's the opposite ah. of mutualization. It's individualization. They want to pay what they need to pay linked to their driving behaviors. I'm a good driver. I don't want to pay like mm. a bad driver. It's completely different. And it makes a, lo a lot of sense when you see that from a client perspective. And it has a huge impact on the offer. Because in this case, you're obliged right. to use artificial intelligence tools, for example, to be able to adapt the pricing to the specificities of the driver. But they still drive your car. And when you, when, you, when you try to understand what will be the future for the people below 18 years old, you, you see immediately that they will not own a car. They will use vehicles, which is completely different. And for these guys, it's not a driver insurance. It's not a car insurance. It's, it's a mobility insurance. You insure wow. their mobility journey, which is completely different from an yeah. insurance point of view. Well, let's talk about that because I know, Catherine, we, we, have, we have some questions we want to ask about along those lines because I know – um, you're, you all are actually investing in startups and, and yes. acting as an insurance incubator that invests in mobility. Can you yes. talk about that? I mean, that just sounds super fascinating. And just before you do, just to reintroduce you, um, we are speaking with Jean-Marc Paol. He's uh, the chief marketing officer for Allianz. I'm Catherine Hayes with my co-host, Jenny Rooney. Please go ahead. Okay, so I will, uh, I will answer to your question. It's, it's quite easy because it's linked to what I've said before. If you want to, to create the solution for the future, if you want to, 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 to be ready for the, the next needs of these people below 18 years old, you need to be an actor of the evolution or the revolution we are facing now. Uh, I'm used to say that we are living for the first time in the, in the human history. At the same time, uh, knowledge revolution based on internet, and we are just at the beginning of that, but we are already uh, leaving that, and we are facing the second industrial revolution. I'm talking about drones, I'm talking about electric vehicles, I'm talking about electric engines, by the way, I'm talking about new way to produce energy, renewable energy, which makes a link with the, the first question you, you, you ask or the first point you, you mentioned. Uh, we are talking about autonomous vehicles. We are talking about uh, drones for, transport, for, for passenger transport, transportation. We are talking about 3D printers. We are talking about robotics. We are talking about artificial intelligence. And, and the impact all this new uh, technical evolution or technical revolution will have on our insurance business from an insurance perspective and from a prevention perspective. Mm. So if you want to understand that, you need to be a part of this change. And to be a part of this change, you need to partner with the companies, the startups, who are leading this change to access to the data, to understand the data, to understand what will be the future, to challenge even to challenge some part of their value proposition to be able to understand what will be in the future the insurance solution which will be adapted to these new products we'll have on the market, to these new services we'll have on the market. And to do that, 
the best way is to invest in this company because when you invest in the company, of course, you have access to the business model, you understand the business model, you, you have access to the data, you can understand the data, you can work on the data, and it's a win-win approach because for the company to have alliance inside makes a lot of sense because mm. you are immediately stronger. And for us, it makes a lot of sense because we, are, we have all the insights which will allow us to prepare the solution for the future. Isn't that just, I mean, I think that's just incredibly fascinating and in, in just making that investment. Um, I mean, you're giving, but you're getting. I mean, it's just the perfect sort of um, pushing you into a new territory, um, you know, with true investment. I think that's super fascinating. Catherine, maybe we can talk to uh, Jean-Marc about the, I know you have a big uh, partnership that you recently announced. Um, yes. Yeah, we'd love to hear about that. That sounds like a really fantastic arrangement, so... Sure. Yeah, yesterday we said we we we, uh, we, we make love official, breaking news here. Yeah, we make <laughs> official. So yeah, it's brand new. Huh? It was yesterday the, the official announcement. So we have signed signed a partnership with the Olympic Movement with the IOC, and we had already a partnership with the IPC. And this partnership is embedded in this global partnership with the Olympic and Paralympic Movement. So it's what we have announced yesterday. And the uh, the par uh, international Paralympics, right? Absolutely. International Paralympic Committee and International Olympic Committee. Perfect. So, and, and uh, it, it makes a lot of sense with what I've said before, because, of course, the strongest is a brand, and the, the, the more global is a brand, the more powerful you have to be seen by this client, current client and future client as a potential insurer or reassurer. Uh, it's something which is quite interesting as well. We are working, the, our proposal is somewhere there too, we are with you, or we accompany the people who have courage. This is a proposal of Alliance, uh, because of our, our company job is to accompany these guys and to make the things possible. And because of that, you need to have a great awareness and a great legitimacy to accompany the people. And that's why it's so important at the same time to work locally in each country with all these young startups or even sometimes bigger companies like Intel. Uh, we have some projects with, with Intel or we have some projects with NL or BMW working together. Uh, but at the same time, it's quite important to have the, a global awareness, to be sure that we, are, we have the power given by the brand and we have the capacity to work locally, to use this power, to make the things, the things more easy, to enable the change and to accompany this change. It's incredible. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm sort of speechless. It's this it's is the just first time so you've powerful. Done with those groups, is that correct? Sorry, excuse me. Is this the first time you've done a partnership with the um, Paralympics? No. No, this the Paralympics. The we have a partnership time. since 12 years. Okay. Uh, so it 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 was it was uh, the objective of this partnership was to uh, um, to add to our traditional, I would say, German rooted values. Uh, solidity, efficiency, consistency, resilience, uh, a, an emotional part. So the new partnership your... with the International World Olympics. Yes, is... and, and, and it's, 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 a, it's the same principle. It's based on emotion, but it's bigger. Got it. Of course, uh, I, if I take two figures, the opening ceremony of the, 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 the Paralympic Games in Pyeongchang had more than two billions 
uh, viewers on TV, uh, the opening ceremony for, for the, the, Pyong, the Pyeongchang uh, Olympic uh, Winter Games had more than 4 billion. So it's two times more. So if you, if you add the Olympic and the Paralympic, you have a, a huge capacity to communicate on this emotional part of the brand, what we really want to reach in the future, to put emo emotion and innovation in addition to our traditional values. Catherine, when you hear that and you look at it through the lens of your book, Beyond Advertising, you know, how, do, how does that resonate? Because, I mean, talk about um, all, all customer touch points. I mean, that, that is certainly a broad way to reach um, Absolutely. Ex and, and expand and what strikes audience. me in, in, um, in doing a little research or, or reading through the press release is the nature of the relationship because this isn't not this is not just a marketing relationship by any stretch of the imagination this is not just you putting your logo in the stands tell us more about the the breadth of what this relationship is you're actually providing the in, the insurance correct absolutely yeah. absolutely we provide insurance to the right. uh, to the Olympics. We provide insurance to the Paralympics, uh, to the IOC and the IPC, and we provide insurance to the, the National Olympic Committee. We provide insurance to the organization committee in each country where for the for the next four games after Tokyo, because it's a, a ten years. A contract, but starting officially uh, after the, the Tokyo Olympic Games, and we work with them as well to create uh, specific products, insurance product or insurance solution. I don't like the word product, mm, insurance yeah. solutions for the athletes, for the athletes, uh, based on the co-creation. And we have already started with the, 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 the guys from the Olympics and Paralympics working with the athletes directly to try to find the best way to solve that problem and to accompany them again because if when we talk about people who there there are really people who there that, that that is so to answer your question jenny i think that's probably the most powerful aspect of it this isn't just you know which media are they buying this is a, a deep deep relationship and a learning relationship so there's this incredible value exchange that's happening you're providing and learning and you're looking for solutions you're not just selling products to the to the athletes and the committee members but you're you're actually finding solutions for them and that evolves and presumably that then impacts how you think about your services especially with an innovation kind of a platform that you have and of course you have your branding at these events and and during the years leading up to the events so very very powerful and comprehensive and authentic if you know to use a, a perhaps overword but you have the authority based on the the real nature of your relationship with them Absolutely, you are fully right. And I will, I will add two things. The first one is that uh, you probably know that the Olympic movement, and especially the IOC, has decided to launch an online channel to broadcast sport, all the sports worldwide. The name of the channel is the Olympic Channel. And we are, of course, uh, one of the main partners of the Olympic Channel. The objective of the Olymp Olympic Channel is to have one billion followers uh, for the for the, the Los Angeles Games, mm. one billion followers, and we will create with all these followers and all the people watching the Olympic Channel, watching sport on the Olympic Channel, and it's broader than sport and it's a sport ecosystem. We provide, we will create with these guys an emo We want to create with them an emotional link, a personal emotional link based on this brand uh, brand value global brand value with Alliance and the Olympics and the Paralympics, and even pro pro provide content within this specific uh, sport ecosystem.
system on the, 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 the Olympic channel. So it's, it's really, it's really, uh, we, we yeah. go really deep in the, in, in transforming uh, the, this brand partnership in, a, in an individual brand touch point and brand value for, for each of the people who will use this digital channel. So this is one example, and I will give you another example if, if you allow me. Please. Uh, um, when I was talking about uh, the, the, all the work we are, do, we are doing on innovation, I will just give you two examples. We have signed a, uh, we have signed a contract with, with a, a Spanish company who is developing a full electric mobility value chain to transform the, the public uh, traditional fleet in mm. electric fleet in many countries. And uh, we, 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 of course, support them. On, on, in this journey, we will ensure the charging posts, all the charging posts, which are necessary to provide the electric mm. vehicles, and we will support them for the fleet. And the fleet, each car will have on the car Alliance inside, and mm -hmm. each uh, charging post will have on the charging post the brand Alliance. So right. you see that we go really mm. near the, the, the future customer on the market, including the products we are insuring. Sure. I, I can't, I'm sure we don't have time, but I can only imagine the, the relationships within the C-suite and among your, your, your teams that would have to happen on the, on, the, on, the, you know, on the company side to make these come to life. And that I would imagine we'd have to save for another conversation. But. I don't know. We have just a couple more minutes, but it would be great if you could address that for us and, and what those relationships look like. Jean-Marc. Relationship within my team or relationship within the group? Within, within the, your uh, corporation. Within a what kind of cross-team collaboration also needs to have has happened to make this possible? So, it, in, fa in fact, we have a very small team. I have a very small team at the headquarters, uh, and my, my people. Uh, and by the way, I have no hierarchy in my team. I, I work directly. I have some seniors and juniors, and we work directly together. Uh, each each member of my team is responsible of projects, and we are fo following the uh, project proje projects range, and we follow the project each 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 uh, each, each of them uh, directly with me. Uh, so it's a, it's a lot of work and a lot of autonomy I ask to my team, but it's a very small team, and we work with the local team in each country or in the global line of business we are working with, and we we have in each of these teams one, two, or three people in charge of the the project as well, and we work in co-creation and, and, and co-working much more than in a traditional way where you decide from the center uh, in a top-down approach. We want to do that, and you have to do it. We don't work like that. We work jointly, and we try to have as many contacts as we can to be flexible and, and agile. So we work somewhere like a startup. So, Jenny, you're absolutely right. We, this is this is a whole nother conversation. We'd love to have you back, Jean-Marc, but but for the time now, we we uh, we must uh, say goodbye. So, thank you so much. Lots of great innovation. A amazing and so inspirational, Jean-Marc Payol, who is the uh, chief marketing officer for Allianz. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Uh, you can find more about him at Allianz.com, A-L-L-I-A-N-Z, or on Twitter at Allianz. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.